Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? So in yesterday's video, I went through some trade targets, players that you guys should be going out and targeting this week going into week two. And in this video, I'm going to be talking about players that I think you guys should be selling. So some of these guys may have had really solid week ones, but I just don't see them kind of keeping up with that pace. Or some of these players may have actually performed poorly in week one, but I just think you're not going to have a better opportunity to sell them. While you guys are watching this video, if you enjoy the content, please just leave a like or subscribe to the channel. And then let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Do you agree that we should be trying to trade these players away or are you kind of willing to give these guys another chance? Let me know down below, but let's get right into it. And I'm going to start it off with Denver Broncos running back, Melvin Gordon. You know, I really have not been high on Gordon or Javante Williams all offseason, but I really think this is a perfect opportunity to sell Melvin Gordon. My initial prediction for this backfield going into the season was that Melvin Gordon was probably going to have like a 60-40 split at the beginning of the season. And then throughout, you know, the NFL season, it was going to be, you know, 50-50 and then maybe flip to like 60-40 Javante Williams. But the overall point of that was that I just didn't think anyone was really going to break out of this backfield and become someone that you really want to start for fantasy football. So I was a little surprised that this was basically like a dead even 50-50 committee week one. And so Melvin Gordon, he did have that huge 70-yard touchdown run, which really just padded his stats. And that is why I want to trade him here. Because before that run, Melvin Gordon had 10 carries for 31 yards. And then Javante Williams had 14 carries for 45 yards. And so like I mentioned, this was basically a dead even split. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams both took 33 snaps each. Melvin Gordon ran 20 routes to Javante Williams, 15. And then Melvin Gordon had 14 touches to Javante Williams, 15. They both received very little involvement in the receiving game. Melvin Gordon was targeted three times for 17 yards. And then Javante Williams was targeted once and it was negative four yards. So this was just not a backfield that I was interested in before the season. And I'm really still just not into it. I'm not seeing the upside here. I still think, you know, even if Javante Williams starts to eat into those carries, Melvin Gordon is still just going to be a guy that ruins Javante's production on a week-to-week basis. You know, this offense is all right, but they're not going to take the top off the defense. They're not going to be putting up a ton of points. And so I also just don't see the touchdown upside being there. But for Melvin Gordon, you should try to trade him ASAP. I don't think you're going to have a better opportunity because, you know, if next week they go out, they get the same carries and Melvin Gordon goes 10 for 40 yards, no touchdown, then his value just totally drops down again. So if you can kind of push the narrative, look, he ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be the guy there. He's going to be the number one. Then you need to push that narrative on whoever you're trading for to try to get Melvin Gordon off of your team. The next player that I'm going to be shopping is going to be Robert Woods. And this really does hurt because Woods is someone that I was a big fan of going into the season. I had him and Cooper Cup just like very close together in my rankings. I think they were actually back to back at like wide receiver 13 and 14 or maybe like 14 and 15. So I was very high on both of these guys with this new Matthew Stafford-led offense, but I was very concerned with the usage that Robert Woods had last night. He was targeted four times, three receptions for 27 receiving yards and a touchdown. He had that great touchdown catch in the back of the end zone, and that really just like saved his overall night. And then he also had seven rushing yards, but this was the really troubling part. I had always viewed this Rams offense as like a 1A, 1B with Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. You know, they're both going to be very involved. They're going to have pretty similar usages, but that was not the case last night. 
If you're looking at the percent of routes run per drop back, you had Cooper Cup at 100%, Tyler Higby at 93%, Van Jefferson at 86%, so ahead of Robert Woods, then Daryl Henderson at 79%, Robert Woods all the way down at 68%. This is very, very troubling. And then if you're looking at the total routes run, it was 27 for Cooper, 26 for Higby, 23 for Van Jefferson, 22 for Henderson, and 18 for Robert Woods. That is just not a lot of opportunities there for Bobby Trees to kind of get his points. And I don't know why we're hearing about this great connection that Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup have, you know, after we've already done our drafts in the middle of week one, you know, who knew they were going out watching film, eating breakfast every morning. You know, that was never shared until everyone had already gone out and drafted Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. But this definitely isn't a situation where I'm just giving him away for pennies. I still think he's going to be involved. I hope this is maybe just kind of a game script type of thing, you know, a weird matchup for Robert Woods against the Bears, but I am concerned. So if I can trade him for a player that was being drafted as like a mid to low end wide receiver two option, someone that I still feel comfortable with in this season, then I'm definitely going to do that. But I'm definitely not going to go out and trade Robert Woods for like a mid-tier wide receiver three. He's still very talented. He's going to be involved. I just don't know if he's going to have the same ceiling or consistency that we really expected from him going into the season. The next player I'm going to focus in on is Jameis Winston, and he just had one of the most insane games I've ever seen. I found this stat. Jameis Winston is the first player in NFL history with five plus passing touchdowns on fewer than 150 passing yards in a game. I mean, this just made no sense. The game script basically pushed the Saints to run the ball a ton. And I mean, Jameis Winston had very few pass attempts, but you know, the running backs just weren't able to get into the end zone. And so he just racked up all those touchdowns. This is just something that I do not think is going to be sustainable. And so if you have someone in your league who's really hyped to get Jameis Winston, they're buying into it because at one point in time, he was like a top eight fantasy football quarterback. If they think that guy is still there, then I would totally deal him. If you want to target maybe one of these underachieving week one quarterbacks, I'm talking about maybe you give up Jameis Winston plus, you know, a lower tier bench player for a Ryan Tannehill. If that's a deal that you could make, I would buy into that all day. You're selling Jameis high. You're buying Ryan Tannehill low. Just because when I look at the Saints roster, they are going to run through Alvin Kamara. They're going to run the ball a ton. I believe Kamara had like 20 carries and that was the third most he's ever had in an NFL game. So he is going to be carrying the ball a ton. You've got Tony Jones Jr. there as the backup. And this Saints team just does not have a lot of weapons in the receiving game. I don't think any player on the team caught more than three passes the entire game. So this is just a very abnormal stat line. And I just don't see him having those huge like 300 yard, three touchdown performances. You know, the volume is probably going to be there in some of these future games, but I just don't see the touchdowns being there as well. So I'm definitely going to be dealing Jameis Winston if I have him. And then the last player I'm going to be trading away is James Robinson. And this is really tough because you definitely don't want to be selling low, but I just don't know what else to do here with James Robinson. I absolutely loved him after last season. Before they drafted ETN, I was targeting him as like an early second, late first round pick, which was way higher than a lot of people. Then obviously they go out, they bring in Travis Etienne, they bring in Urban Meyer and his stock just totally falls off. Then Etienne gets hurt. His value gets bumped up to like a mid RB2. You know, I didn't have him as like an early third round pick. Like a lot of people, I was much more like fourth round centered, maybe late third. 
but I still definitely liked him as a mid-tier RB2. I just think Urban Meyer is going to absolutely murder his fantasy value and honestly his real-life NFL value. I think a lot of people expected, you know, his overall opportunity share to drop down because last year he was the only capable running back on that team. You know, Carlos Hyde was going to be involved, but I mean, it is absurd how much Carlos Hyde was involved. So last year, James Robinson had 85.4% of the team's carries. On Sunday, he only had 35.7%. This is just very, very concerning because if there was one game on this entire Jaguar schedule where you would say, okay, I think they can really get the run involved, it would have been against the Texans. The Texans had a brutal run defense last season. They were top five in points given up to the running back for fantasy. And so this was going to be the matchup. They did not give James Robinson a carry until two minutes in to the second quarter. The play calling made no sense. And this Jaguars defense is absolutely brutal. They could not stop the Houston Texans, which was led by Tyrod Taylor, this running back trio of Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay. I'm telling you, this Jaguars team is going to be getting killed in every game, and I'm just not seeing the value here. I know you don't want to be selling players after they perform poorly, but I just think if you're waiting for James Robinson to come out and have one of these games, and then you can trade him, I just think you're going to be waiting until his value is diminished. I personally don't have any confidence that he's going to go out and put up like an 80-yard game with a touchdown. I just do not see it happening. This team is going to be behind all the time. They're going to need to throw the ball. So if I can trade him for a guy who had fourth or fifth round value, I would do that right away. I would be pushing the narrative that you're getting a guy who's like a third round value coming off a bad game. You're getting him off a discount. But in my mind, I just think James Robinson is totally going to fall off. I mean, if you want to pick up Carlos Hyde, I totally see that. It's just very disappointing to see James Robinson, who should have been lined up to perform very well this season, have his value just totally tarnished. So if you can't really find that fourth or fifth round value, then maybe you just hold on and hope he has a breakout game. But I would be very concerned holding James Robinson on my team. And it definitely hurts, but I think you definitely got to look into moving him. So those are the four players that I'm going to be trying to trade off my team this week. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. If you guys enjoyed the video, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Check out my other videos that are going to be posting soon. I'm going to be doing start sits for every single position. And then after that, it'll be my rankings for every single fantasy position. But that's all I have. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.